Well, as you mentioned in the opening, today is going to be different. Normally on a Sunday morning, what we do is we either open up our Bibles and then we go to a passage and then we follow wherever it leads, or what we do sometimes is we also take a question or a topic and then we go to the scripture to say, what does the Bible say about that? We started a new tradition a couple years ago, and that new tradition is when we get to the end of the year, we spend some time looking back at what God did and thanking him for his goodness and his faithfulness, and then we also look ahead as best we can to discern where God's taking us in, in the, uh, the year ahead. So it's our hope today that we're going to accomplish three things. Number one, I hope all of us can come away with a deep sense of gratitude as we look back on what God did this last year. 2023 was incredible. Number two, I hope that this time of reflection on these things inspires some of you, if you've been a little bit more on the sidelines, to say, you know what, this is the year. I want to get more involved. And then the third thing that I hope is if you are new and you are saying, I'm trying to find a church home here, or I'm interested in learning more about Emmanuel, we really hope this gives you a sense of who we are and the types of things we're engaged in, and then also what's ahead for us as a church. So that's our hope for today. Let's dive right in. If you're taking notes, I want to encourage you to write this down. When we said yes to a church named Emmanuel, we entered into a covenant with the God of the possible. Emmanuel was God's idea, and we've got all kinds of stories that validate that claim. He's the one that gave us a name that means God with us. And here's some of the ways he was with us in 2023. 2023 was a year of epic stories. We've got so many. Just let me share uh, two of them here with you. One of them is we now call it the Battle of the Bog. So we love to go off to camp, and when we go off to camp, one of the things we love to do up there is to play epic games. So one of the epic games we do at our fall retreat is a game called Four Way Capture the Stuff. Well, a team of us, we go out there to set up the field, and it had been raining up north for like a week. We stepped onto that field, and it went squish. There were sections of that field that were like a swamp. It was over ankle deep in water. But rather than saying game is off, our high schoolers rose to the occasion. We went out there, and we now call it the Battle of the Bog. It was the most epic game of four-way capture the stuff we've ever played. And then we did it with the middle school as well. I just love the attitude. In fact, one of our uh, high schoolers, after the game, she goes, I love our culture because we're going to go for it. It was, it was so much fun. That's the same fall retreat that if you ever heard the stories about the airplane, as in we brought a real airplane up to camp, we put it in a dining hall that we also transformed into our chapel, that's the same retreat. All right, so there's an example of just one of these, these stories over this year. The other story I want to tell is uh, this is the year, 2023, when the cement truck dumped an entire load of cement on a courtyard on a 107-degree day in Juarez, Mexico. Here's, here's the story with that. So we're, one of our projects when we were down there is we were building a kindergarten class. And that cement that got dropped off, that needed to get to that classroom. And to get to that classroom, we need to go through the guy's dorm, through the laundry room, then down a little alley, up some stairs to a second flight. And the only way to get that cement was to do it one five-gallon bucket at a time. The clock was ticking because it's 170 degrees. And we've got this cement out in a courtyard on a sunny, dry day in a desert in Juarez, Mexico. Not only that, almost everybody on our team had taken the kids to the pool so they could cool down. 
So it's three of us from our team and a, and a couple of people from the home, and we're trying one bucket at a time to get this thing going up there, get that cement up there before it all hardens, and there's a permanent cement feature in the middle of that courtyard. Well, it was like the movies. We put out the SOS, and when hope all seemed lost, here comes Dan and his team from the van. It's like that movies when the when the the um, they're surrounded by enemies and they par- they parachute in or they take the helicopter and all of the special forces drop in. It was it was amazing, so much fun. I mean, we literally were taking jackhammers and pickaxes to keep that stuff broken up, throwing water on it. It was it was pretty epic. So we have all of these stories, all these stories. Well, twenty twenty three. It was also the year, another year, where we just continue to be so grateful for these spaces that God's opened up to us, like this studio. This place is so amazing. This space gets used almost every day of the week. On Mondays, we've got meeting Mondays. Some of us are here between 9 and 10 in the morning, and our last meetings are getting out between 9 and 10, often at night. We've got Studio Church here on Tuesdays where we create these services. Youth group is here on Wednesdays. We've got so many teens coming here on Wednesday night, we can't all fit in this building all at once. And so we have a first shift of middle schoolers, and then we have a second shift of high schoolers. And one of the cool unintended consequences of something that we had to do is now a lot of our high schoolers are able to help out with our middle schoolers. In fact, I think almost every one of our middle school groups has a high school co-leader. How cool is that? There's also all the special events we're able to host in this space, like the Global Leadership Summit, where we get these amazing teachings and resources, like that trust book by Dr. Henry Cloud that we recommend to everybody. The ECC Kids just had their Cookies and Carol event here. This place was packed with families and these kids who got a chance to be in a studio environment to sing this song and then to have the song recorded so that not only could we bless all the people of our online audience, but they could forward this thing to families and friends. Um, We had events like pie and praise, men's Bible studies, women's game nights. We were able to host the If Gathering for Women, Fun After 50 events, connected family seminars, piano recitals. We have organizations like Crew, and a special organization that connects Christian teachers that we're able to use this space as well. All right, hey, when it comes to spaces, we're almost taking for granted the fact that God opened up the doors to the Shoreview Community Center. That is such an amazing space. Two large banquet rooms, incredible spaces for kids, great lobby, parking, deck, an amazing outdoor playground, and so much more. Well, on Sunday mornings in 2023 at the Community Service Center, we covered a lot of ground. Our Why Jesus series was it a series where we explained why is it that we really do believe that the Bible is accurate in what it says about Jesus and what he taught and how he lived. We had then after that, we had our After Yes series. Where we talked about what comes next after you say yes to Jesus, Savior and Lord. We had our Dear Suburban Church series, which is our longest series in our church's history as we walked through 1 Corinthians and applied that to our context. In our Juntos series, we cast a vision for a brand new bilingual ministry in Spanish and English that we're going to be launching. And then we started a new Labor Day tradition. We've, in the past, at different times, we've prayed for people. we prayed blessings over people. We now dedicate that entire service to blessing, understanding what blessing is, and then to really bless people. And it's been a long time since I've seen that many tears in a worship service. When we invited people to come forward, and not just for a, a 
blessing over everybody to come forward to receive an individual blessing. As we sang the song that, was, that, that had the words to that blessing that we often pray over people from number six, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. So we're singing that over people, praying that over people. It was really powerful. And one of the very cool outcomes of that service is now at our retreats, that's how we close our teen retreats by singing that song. And we say, first, we're going to sing it, that chorus three times. And first, we say, we're going to sing this right now over you. We're going to sing this blessing over you. And then we invite the campers to sing this blessing over those around them. And then we say, now let's pray this blessing over those we're going back to, our families, our friends, our schools, and our homes. It's so cool. Can you imagine that? That's a great moment. All right. In our Growing Pain series, we looked at the unique challenges that we face at different ages and stages. And then we said, how can we support one another in this intergenerational church? In the Blameless Project 2.0, we cast a vision, a bold vision, for an initiative to create, to inspire and equip, I should say, inspire and equip Blameless Ambassadors in all 50 states. And then we just wrapped up this year's Advent series called Repeat the Sounding Joy. All right. So that's some of this, what's happening in the worship, in, uh, the community center on Sundays. That's not all, though. On Sundays at the community center, we also offer ECC kids. We had a ton of kids at Emmanuel, and every one of them is known and loved. In the summer, we do a special thing called Camp ECC, where we give kids a taste of summer camp right there at the community center. And then we have our outdoor services. This began during the pandemic when it was our only option and now it is something that people look forward to every August. We now have outdoor services at the pavilion right there at the community center. So that's just a part of what we do at the studio, a part of what we do at the community center, and that is just a part of how we're engaged all around this area and in our world. For example, we've got a large percentage of our people in small churches, more than 200 adults come together, they gather to care and support one another. We've got a care team who prays for people, comes alongside them, provides meals for families and blankets for kids and babies. We've got a group of adventurous women who go north in the winter time, in the middle of winter, to get away, to learn and grow, to deepen their connection with God and his creation and one another. We've got people who are helping refugees through a ministry called Arrive Ministries. And also people are engaged in adoption and foster care with partners like Real Hope. We're an anchor church for those pop-up compassion clinics that bring churches together to provide free services for under-resourced neighbors right here in this area. In fact, the compassion clinic that we do is right here in New Brighton, right down the road. And if I'm understanding correctly, this year we provided more than 70 volunteers for the compassion clinic. And I believe about half of the teams were led by ECC people. And then this summer, we referenced it earlier, we sent two teams to Juarez, Mexico, help out our friends at Emmanuel Children's Home. We did our part to give those kids the best two weeks of their summer. We also did a number of projects. We painted an incredible mural. We also um, painted inside and outside of all kinds of buildings. And then we worked on that kindergarten classroom. All right, so those are some things we do not here. All right, and then it comes our snow camps and our fall retreats. Oh, love those things. By God's grace, we are now able to offer four immersive weekend retreats, two for our high schoolers, two for our preteens and middle schoolers. And I tell you, those snow camps are becoming legendary. 
complete with the classics like Broomball, but also we got these crazy ECC originals with Yetis and Santa and Buddy the Elf. We got skits that are next level with a five-year story arc that matches up with our five incredible themes. And then, of course, at all of our retreats, we have our communion services where we create space for people to reflect deeply on their own faith, their relationship with God. All right, this year's fall retreat is the one where we introduced that brand new theme called Simple Ways to Wreck Your Life. Proverbs was our text for the middle schoolers. Job was our text for the high schoolers. And oh, I wish all of you could have been there for what we experienced. On the middle, our middle school retreat alone, we created an entire airline. We had flight attendants. We had Captain Scott, the pilot. We had the VP of marketing, Jimbo Jet. And we had that airplane that we mentioned earlier. We also had this thing that we called the Proverbs panel. And I want you to imagine this. Imagine you're a preteener. Imagine you're a middle schooler. And up in front of you, in front of our chapel, we've got three rows of high schoolers and college-age students who are pouring into them, saying, here is why you want to walk the way of wisdom. Here is why Proverbs relates to you. How cool is that? In fact, this experience is becoming so powerful that we had a college student drive down from Bemidji so he could help out at it. We had a student fly up from Baylor in Texas so that she could be a part of it. And this year, we invited Salem Covenant to come and be a part of things, as well as representatives from Destino Church. Both had a great experience. Both want to come back. All right. All of these things. All of these things that we've talked about, and this is just some of what we're doing, all of this, the purpose of everything, is to help more people become more like Jesus in authentic community. And we can point to very specific examples of that happening. This year, we had another group of teens confirm their faith. And this year, along with a host of infant baptisms, infant dedications, we had an incredible outdoor baptism service that had people, everything from age 10 to a woman who's retired. How cool is that? I could say that about so many things this year. And it, for some of us, we, we, we think we, this has now become so much a part of who we are. We forget that it happened this year. This is the year that we launched that brand new I Said Yes milestone marker. Here at the studio, in fact, I think you might be able to see it over my shoulder there in the background. We have this incredible display. In the center, it says, yes. And surrounding it, we have 321 names of people, along with a short little synopsis of their story of themselves saying yes. It was so cool. Just yesterday, I was in here, and I was giving a little mini tour, and someone walked by that display, and they're like, wow. They said, I've never seen anything like this. All right, so all this to say, as we look back on 2023, we are so grateful for what God is doing in our midst. He has provided incredible ideas and people and resources and facilities. Now, here's one of the dangers. One of the dangers as we continue to experience his goodness and his blessing. And I want to encourage you to write this down. In the suburbs, there will always be a temptation to build cruise ships. Let me say that again. In the suburbs, there will always be a temptation to build 
cruise ships. Our adversary is very, very good at what he does. And one of the things he's able to do, he can take things that are good. As we're trying to build a church here in Jesus' name, he can take something that's good, like relevant Bible teaching, great music, great community, great programming, creative ideas. He can make it, help us make it so good that we end up creating consumers instead of disciples. And that's not what we're about. And it has been so encouraging, so encouraging that there are so many people here at Emmanuel who are committed to not building some cruise ship, but rather something very, very different than that. And people are noticing those differences. In fact, this is the year that we had this guy. He um, does these traveling reptile shows. He's amazing at what he does. We brought him in for Camp ECC, and he specifically said that. He said, what I'm seeing here is so different. The way that these kids are responding and behaving, it's so different. The, your leaders and the consistency and all these things, it's so different. By God's grace, we're building something special here. When it comes to our youth group, here's an example. You know, youth group, is it fun? Absolutely. <laughs> this is the year that we, that we brought in these inflatable dinosaur costumes. Of course, we have inflatable dinosaur costumes now. Um, this is also the year that we premiered. Uh, Emma, Emma helped create this. She actually created it. The first biblically accurate, what is it? Biblically accurate, spontaneous melodrama, ghost story. I've never seen one of those before. Um, but So we have tons of fun. But here's the thing, you guys. This, this fun, it sets up the substance. Just a few weeks ago, right there, right behind us in that room, we had this guy. He's a member of our church. He has 160 U.S. patents in biomedical devices. This guy is incredibly skilled at what he does. And he takes all of that expertise and he poured that into our students as he talked about how science and scripture not only could be friends, but how science can help point us to the fact that there is a creator. It's so cool. Our students are getting some really amazing teaching opportunities. And then God is doing these things. He's giving us ideas like the I said yes mile marker display back there. He gives us ideas like our discipleship continuums. These things recently caught the attention of somebody who is this incredible thought leader. And he brought someone else in from his organization. And they sat down, they looked at our discipleship continuums. They've seen stuff literally from all around the world. They said, this is the model that we want to dig into more. And so this thing that we developed to try to help our people, I think God is going to be using this model to help a whole lot of other folks too. I'm so excited for that. The Blameless Project now has its own 501c3 tax-exempt status. We've got a pastoral search team that right now is entering into the interview phase with candidates for a this finding a juntos pastor to help us with a bilingual service. We're not building a cruise ship. We're not. By God's grace, we're part of something very different that God is doing. And that's where we're going to turn our attention next. But before we do, before we turn a corner here from looking back to now looking ahead, let's make sure that we express our gratitude for what God did in 2023. And then after this song, I want to tell you about two conversations that summarize where we're headed in 2024. All right, well, I mentioned that there were two conversations that summarize where we're headed in 2024. So let me start with that first conversation. And it happened right here. In fact, 
almost right where that camera is. I was sitting across one of our little tables at the, the booth there, and I was having a conversation with a longtime member named Rachel. I was giving her an update about our search for our new Juntos pastor and how we were hearing over and over the same two things as we were working all these national networks with people who are um, in the know on Spanish-speaking ministry all around the country. We kept hearing two things over and over. The first one is this. The vision that you have, this is what needs to happen. Bilingual, the way you're doing it, this is the vision for the future. So we're hearing that consistently. Number two, we're hearing, good luck finding a pastor. Because almost nobody is doing this. People haven't been trained in this. People don't have a vision for this. So good luck finding a pastor. So I'm sharing this with Rachel. And Rachel looks at me, reminding me that I need to be patient. And she says this. We're building an ark. And I tell you, that resonated deeply with me. I'll go as far as saying this. This is one of those Gabriel moments. In the last series, we found that, came across that that phrase or that concept, Gabriel moments, when somebody says something and it's more than them just speaking, it's, it's the Lord speaking through them. I'll put what Rachel said about we're building an ark right up there with some of our other Gabriel moments. I'll put it right up there with the Gabriel moment that, gave, that God used to give us our name. I'll put it right up there with the Gabriel moment that led us to Chippewa Middle School in the Shoreview Community Center. I'm going to put this right up there with, you better call Shoreview before it's too late. I'll put this right up there with as a church, we're going to need to grow up fast. I'll put that right up there with running with horses, that whole story. I'll put it up with the, the conversation I had with Mauricio some years ago where he said, hey, Jesus sent people out two by two. What if we planted two by two? I'll put what Rachel set up with any of that. And all of those things that I just mentioned, all that list, all those things have either come to pass or are in process. All of those What Rachel said resonated like that. We're building an ark. So my conversation with Rachel was on a Wednesday. The very next Monday, we had a Juntos pastor search team meeting. And I told them, I said, Rachel said this about the ark. Does this resonate with you? They're like, yeah. I said, let's open up. So we opened up our Bibles to Genesis 6 through 9, where we find the story of Noah and the ark. And we dug in, and we are finding all of these parallels between building an ark, and what it is that God's calling us to do. At that time, specifically, we're talking about juntos. When it comes to the choice between do you want to build a cruise ship or you want to build an ark, how many of you would rather build an ark? I'd rather build an ark. All right, if you have your Bible with you, let's turn to Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. If you don't have a Bible at home, we would encourage you to go right now to Bible.com. You can download a free Bible app. It's a fantastic app. Uh, And then you'll have it right there. All right, here we go. Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. All right, why does the Bible point out that Noah was a righteous man? It's in contrast to what was going on in the rest of the world. The rest of the world. According to verse 5, every intention, listen to this, every intention of the people was only evil all the time. To the point where verse 6 says, it grieved God to his heart. One of the things that separates an ark from a cruise ship is a different code of conduct. And so if you downloaded our notes, that's one of the points it makes there. 
Wouldn't you rather build an ark? A right, what's one of the things that's a characteristic of an ark? A righteous code of conduct. It can be really, really easy and really, really tempting to conform to the culture around us and then call that being compassionate or confuse that with being relevant or confuse that with being missional. All right, what is a righteous code of conduct? Righteousness. I am falling in love with this word the more that I really look at it. It's, in, it's all over in the scripture. Righteousness, holiness. It is rich. It is beautiful. It is an invitation to allow the Holy Spirit to change us from the inside out. Just take a look at it on the surface. Contrast it with wrongly. It, you mean Righteousness is being less wrongly in our behaviors and more rightly in our behaviors. And who doesn't want that? To be righteous in God's sight is to help us become less self-centered, less selfish, to become more other-centered and more generous. Righteous is about overcoming hypocrisy and envy and evil intentions. Righteous is about being less judgmental. It's about having more grace for others and more grace for ourselves. To exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, love, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. It's also to be known for our wisdom and our discernment. Righteousness also is about strength and conviction. Righteousness is about courage and boldness. In short, righteousness, it's becoming more like Jesus of Nazareth. An applicant, listen to this, if if you've been drifting off, come back. If you're multitasking, come back. This is huge. An applicant for our Juntos pastor position, he caught my eye when he said this. He talked about how, hey, there's not just one, people get confused, they often think of there's just one Latino culture, one Hispanic culture. He says, no, there's multiple cultures. And then he said this. He says, here's what I'm about. I want to focus people on building a kingdom culture. Come on. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about righteousness. Not about conforming to the patterns of this world, being transformed by the renewing of our minds. So then what we can do is we can identify and see God's work. We can join him in that, transforming the world around us so that people can see what it looks like when his kingdom comes and his will is done on earth as it is in heaven. So for Noah, his part in this, his family's part in this, was to build a really, really, really big boat. How big? Well, here's what we got in cubits, for chapter 6. So get while we're doing this, you can just get your phone and tran, you know, do the calculations from cubits to other measurements, right? Uh, chapter 6, verses 14 to 15. Make yourself an ark out of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits. Its breadth, 50 cubits. Its height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for, oh, I think that's all I was going to read. Yeah. All right. So how big is that? Everybody, I'll take my drink of water. Got your calculations. How big is that? It's about 450 feet long. It's about 75 feet wide. It's 45 feet high. It has an interior capacity of 1.4 million cubic feet. A total deck area of 95,700 square feet. So, Let's say you're standing on a football field. You're in the end zone. You're looking the other direction. 
it is that entire football field except wider and then another half football field. You and your family go build that. (laughs) That's a God-sized vision. When God calls his people to build an ark, here's just a snapshot of what that means. There's the righteous code of conduct and there's a solid and purposeful design, a vision that's aligned with God's own plans, a vision that is too big to complete on our own, a vision too comprehensive to complete overnight, something we may not fully appreciate now, but something that we're really going to appreciate later. All right, I said there were two conversations. One was, hey, we're building an ark. That was the first, that Juntos is an ark. Here's the second conversation. And it relates to what's ahead of us too. Second conversation happened on a prayer walk. So this is a conversation, as best I could discern it, between me and and God. I was out there walking. I was out there praying about this coming year, 2024. And I was thinking about these arcs, because Juntos is not our only ark. These are all God-sized things. This church that by God's grace we're trying to build itself is an ark. The vision that we've got, not only for our teens, but helping other churches too with their teens, that's an ark. Our discipleship model, that's an ark. Juntos is an ark. Blameless Project is an ark. Helping our friends in Juarez rebuild their school, that's an ark. I said, God, that's a lot of arcs. And then on this walk, and I can tell you exactly where this happened. On this walk, I'm on Tanglewood Drive as I'm turning the corner to Nottingham. It was right there, as best I can discern it. I believe the Holy Spirit whispered as I'm saying, that's a lot of arcs. I believe he whispered, it's a shipyard. <laughs> a shipyard. And as I, I, I heard that, not audibly, but in, in my spirit, I heard that, I could see this picture, very vivid, of a shipyard. But it was interesting, the shipyard had modern equipment, building it, but all of the, the ships were um, wood. So I I don't know if that's significant or not, but that's what I saw. What I do know is that as I'm thinking on these things, the Lord brought to mind these incredible people that God has drawn to our church. Incredible people who are gifted and committed. A shipyard only works if you've got multiple teams who are led by committed, passionate leaders. In the weeks that followed that conversation on that prayer walk, it's as if then the camera zoomed out and this was so helpful because I'm trying to get my hands or head around, okay, well, how do we do that? How do we mobilize people on that kind of a scale even with those leaders? It was cool because then over the last couple weeks, it's as if the camera zoomed out to provide perspective. Here's the perspective. We're not the shipyard. Emmanuel is not the shipyard. We're part of of a much bigger kingdom shipyard. We can't build that school in Juarez on our own. We don't have to. We just need to be faithful to what God has called us to do. We'll focus on building a classroom and we're going to watch what God does as he has these other people that he's contracting with around the world. Emmanuel is not the only church that's beginning to catch a vision for bilingual services and ministries that are connected and working together in Spanish and English. 
but we should be faithful to what he's given us and watch what he does on a larger scale. Emmanuel's not the only church that's recognizing we've got to rethink how youth ministry is being done. I have been a part of so many conversations lately with people not just from Emmanuel, but people who God is saying so many similar things to all around the country. God is at work. He's got these kingdom plans. Let's be faithful to what he calls us to and watch what he does. So here is our invitation to you. As we come into 2004, there are plenty of openings in the kingdom shipyard. So as a follow-up to that invitation, here's what we invite you to do. Number one, find your people. Think about at work. You know, at work, you've got the people you're working with, and then you've got the people at work who also, it's more than that. The people you want to hang out with after work. The people who are a part of your life. The people who are sharing the highs and lows. Find your people. Find your people. And join a team. None of us can do everything. As fun as it would be to be involved in all of this, none of us can do everything. Find your substantive something. Number three, plan your giving. Why do we say plan your giving? Because if you don't plan your giving, it's going to go somewhere else. And you're going to be giving God your leftovers. And we don't want to do that. This work is too important. And then number four, join us on February 19th. Because on February 19th, we're going to have our annual meeting. We're going to go into more depth about these specific visions and what that means for our church. So there you go. There's our invitation as we start 2024. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for those of you who call Emmanuel home. It's my hope that we were able to feel a little bit of gratitude here because God did a lot of cool things in our midst, didn't he? And then two, I also want to thank you for coming. I, I hope that this inspired some of you. If you've been more on the sidelines, like, man, I want to be a part of these stories. And number three, if you're looking for a church home, I hope it gives you a bit of who we are, the kind of things we're engaged with, and where we're going. The scope of what God has already done through this church and in this church of the last 16 years, it's astounding. And there's so much more ahead. Before we seal our time together with one more song, I want to remind you of this prayer that a little old lady used to pray every day. Her prayer was this, Lord, if you furnish the grace, we'll furnish the grit. That's not a bad prayer, is it? Let me pray that as we head into this next song. Lord, thank you. By your grace, you've entrusted us with so many amazing people and gifts and resources and ideas. Help us to steward those well. If you continue to furnish the grace, because everything you give is a gift of grace, we'll furnish the grit. In Jesus' name, amen.